0: Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. We did have an amazing weekend. I thank all of you for being sensitive, hearing from the Lord, giving incredibly like you did. And uh, like I said, just there, there's more coming in, and I, I've had commitments and uh, people. Got stuff, deals and whatnot taking place, selling stuff, all kind of incredible things taking place. I just thank you for, for hearing from the Lord and buying into the vision. It's all about people, y'all. Jesus is first. People matter, all people everywhere. And we're on a mission to get people to Jesus. Amen. And God's going to help us in that task. Amen. Genesis 12, now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And I want to entitle this message today, tonight, don't write me off. Aren't you glad God didn't write you off? Because he could have written every single one of us off. Am I right, Brother Darren? Could have written us off, but he didn't write us off. So title, Don't Write Me Off. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray, God, that you'd speak into our hearts, God. I pray, God, that you'd move in this place. Thank you for your sweet presence. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Great to have our guests in the house. It's great to have Jay Ventura with us all the way from Oil City. Your guest with you. Yeah. A city on the ball. I've been there. Abram was 75 years old when he was called to leave all he had ever known and follow after a God he had only just met. And Abram did it. Abram. Followed God for the next 100 years. It's remarkable. God came to Abram right where he was in an idol making, idol worshiping family and summoned him, called him out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. And so he summoned him out of the ordinary into the extraordinary and called him to a higher way of living. And and called him to greatness and blessing. It says that verses two and three. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abram did not know how this could happen. He just knew God made promises. That were just too good for him to not pursue. And so he had to go for it. This was his moment. However, this walking with God business was brand spanking new to Abram. And and we'll see, Abram made a lot of mistakes along the way. And the Bible records every single one of them. And it's like I've told you many times before. Aren't you glad you didn't live during Bible days So all your mistakes could go in the Holy Scripture for the rest of eternity, right? (laughs) Now, he made mistakes from the very beginning. God said, leave all that's familiar to you, this land and your father's household. So what did he do? He left the land, but he drugged the family. He brought Terah. That was his dad. He brought Haran, his uncle, and he brought Lot. His nephew. He dragged along the entire household, what was left of it, on the journey. And so this, to me, would be, at best, partial obedience. Now, back in the day, I heard some sermons about partial obedience. Man, scared me out of my mind. And, and, and I get it. We, we push people, and I push myself to obey fully. But, you know, I always heard that partial obedience is the equivalent of disobedience, right? But here's the deal. He obeyed obeyed part of what God said but didn't fully obey. And yet in Hebrews 11.8, and this is fascinating, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Terah, Haran, Lot, not one of them is mentioned in that passage. They're not even hinted to. It does not say, by faith, Abraham partially obeyed. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed. He obeyed. In other words, his obedience, the part about leaving the land, is the part that counted in the eyes of God. And and, and so here he is partially obeying, But in a full obedience, it mattered. Don't get me wrong. Abraham's going to discover that uh, later on. As a matter of fact, the scripture uh, says that. It says that it matters because it says that God would predicate the fulfillment of the promises on Abraham's full and complete obedience. Verse 1, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land I'll show you, and then I will bless him and and make uh, make your name great. But in Abraham's newfound faith, this is so cool. He was a new convert, y'all. God did not slam him for the part that he did not obey. Rather, God celebrated him for the part that he did obey. Amen? Aren't you grateful that God is merciful like that? I'm going to tell you something. God will not write you off because of the part of the word that you've yet to obey. Rather, he will rejoice over you for the little part that you have obeyed. God looks at what you get right. God looks at what you did obey and says, that's good. I can work with that. You keep moving in that direction, son. Don't get so high and mighty that you think that God writes off people who partially obey the word. If that were the case, not a single one of us in this place could stand today. Lamentations 3 Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not, they're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. He was a new convert. He had never followed God before, none of his family had. He had no mentor, he had no pastor. He was just following. He was making it up as he went, trying to do his best. He came from a family of idolaters. His heart had been full of weeds. God was recultivating it. My wife had me go buy some Roundup yesterday because we got to get rid of the weeds. You know, the weeds seemed to come up. And he, his heart was full of weeds. God was repurposing the heart of Abram and turning it into a field of fruitfulness. And it was a process. Say process. Greg, you know about process, don't you now? Come on, it was process. And it was a slow process. Now part of the reason it was a slow process is because he was dragging around the dead weight of Tara, Heron, and Lot. It was a weight, big old weight. It's hard to run when you're carrying a lot of big weights. Obviously, I'm a, a big gym rat and Work out all the time. It's hard to run when you're carrying around big old weights. Hebrews 12.1, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded so by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. But notice he's saying to a runner who's in the race still, even though you're weighted down, run with endurance, but get rid of that weight, but don't quit running. <laughs> right? It, the writer here is talking about a runner, don't quit running, but shed the, the weights that you're carrying around. Ecclesiastes 9.11, the wise man says, the race is not to the swift. In other words, it's it's to the one who finishes. Jesus said that in Matthew 24, It's it's he that endures till the end. It's not how fast you're running, it's Are you in the race to begin with? Are you moving in the right direction? You you may be inching along. You may even be stuck. But listen, make sure you're facing the right direction. Abraham was stuck for a long time, for many years, halfway between where God called him out of and into where he was going. For years, he did not live in the land of Ur, And for years he did not live in the land of Canaan. So it would look like his dreams were never going to come true. What he heard God say to him was not going to come to pass. You're never going to get where God's called you. He had hit a wall. He had stalled out. It looked like a total failure. But here's what I love about Abram. He kept leaning, y'all. Leaning in the right direction. Leaning towards The promises, can I just tell you something right now? Sometimes you got so much junk hanging on you, and sometimes you you're just not able to make progress, and all you can do is lean. I'm gonna tell you, I'll take a lean. Jesus will take a lean. You just lean into the right direction, and watch what God does. He's gonna celebrate you. Just lean towards the promises. That's what Abram was doing. You promised me greatness. You promised me blessing. You promised me multiplication. I know I'm destined for more, even though my current experience doesn't seem to indicate it. Don't write me off. I refuse to be defined by my failures and my shortcomings and my waits and my delays and my losses. I choose to be defined by the promises that you've made me. I'm not there yet, y'all, but I'm going to be there one day. Lean into those promises. Come on, give us some praise right now. On this Wednesday night, just gotta lean. So often we think we're the only one who ever got stuck in a moment, weighted down, hit a wall, stalled out, failed, lost. We tend to think, well, that's just how I am. You know, I always miss it. I always blow it. I never get where I need to go. You know, like brother Super Christian over there. And we look at somebody else, their brother super Christian, their sister super Christian. I'm, I'm always messing up. I want to tell you something. I already alluded to it. Every hero of the faith in your Bible got stuck at one time or another. They failed. They dropped the ball. Adam. Hello. Eve. Hello. Noah. Noah dropped the ball, y'all, big time. David. Mighty man of God. Man, after God's own heart, massive failures. Elijah, terrified, wanted to commit suicide. Jonah, Simon Peter, John Mark, but each of them did not let their delays or their failures or their losses define them. They moved on. Listen, you can't let a bad season or a mistake or a failure or a delay define you even if it's your own fault even if it's because of partial obedience you have to say i may have failed i may have partially obeyed i may have gotten stuck in halfway i may have wasted some time but don't you dare write me off this is not the end of my book y'all this may be the end of a chapter but there are chapters yet to be written by the finger of god amen you with me isn't this exciting As a matter of fact, here's what great faith really looks like. You want to know what great faith looks like? It is not super Christian that makes no mistakes. Because that's a pipe dream that doesn't exist. I told you all before, I knew a guy in Washington, D.C. We worked for a long time together. and, and, And while we were working, he was constantly telling me how he had never, ever sinned since he got saved. And when he first told me that, I laughed. And it offended him which was his first mistake, right? (laughs) He's like, no, I'm serious. Whatever, I watched him make many mistakes. You know, I would call them sins. He called them mistakes. He said he had never, ever sinned since he got saved. Whatever, like that super Christian doesn't exist. Here's what great faith really looks like. In the face of failure and in the face of loss and in the face of shortcomings and in, in the face of, 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 of being tripped up, faith rises like a phoenix out of the ashes, out of the rubble and says, I am who God says I am. I can have what God says I can have. I can be who he's called me to be. I I still have a dream. God's not finished with me yet. He's going to give me beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning and establish me like trees of righteousness. He'll restore the years the locust and the canker worm have eaten. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. Though I fall, don't write me off. I'm coming back. I wish somebody would hear me tonight. Your best days are not behind you. God sent me to tell you. He's not written you off. Hello, Samson. Hello, Gideon. Hello, Bathsheba. Solomon's mama. Hello, Rahab. Prostitute helps the spies. In the lineage of Jesus Christ, hey woman at the well, caught in the uh, five marriages, living with the guy. Hey, hey woman, caught in the act of adultery. I know a man, Jesus of Nazareth. He's writing your next chapter in the sand of his mercy. Uh, listen, right at the place of your greatest failure. Those dreams he put in your heart, y'all, they're still there waiting for you to get up and move on into your destiny. Come on, give him praise right now. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Abram finally moved on. i got to quickly hurry here. He finally moved on. He spent some time in Egypt. And then out of fear, he just lies like a rug. He, he, Sarah was so beautiful, he thought Pharaoh's going to take her into his harem and he's going to kill me, and so he pretended that Sarah, his wife, was his sister. So the king did take her into his harem. Great idea, Abram. It was almost a disaster. It's not that Abram was malicious, it's he was streetwise, right? Some... Some of us are streetwise. He was a survivor. He was doing what he had to do, he thought. So he compromised his integrity. Really did. He kind of threw it all away. But did God throw Abram away? Mm-mm. God gave Abimelech a dream and warned him, don't you touch that girl. That man lied to you. That, that girl is that man's wife. Not his sister. Now, he didn't give up on every. He he protected Abram, Sarah, Abimelech. And and he he was protecting the integrity of his word. He had promised. He had given his word in spite of Abram's lack of integrity. Listen, when you lose your integrity, God doesn't lose his integrity. Amen. I love that. God was working around Abram's mistakes and missteps because God was determined to see the Word of God come to pass. God is more determined to see His Word come to pass in your life than you are to see His Word come to pass in your life. Some of you, maybe you've compromised your integrity at times. You were afraid. You did what you felt like you had to do to survive. doesn't make it right, but I'm here to tell you God is determined to see what He's spoken over you come to pass. He watches over his word to perform it. He's not a man that he should lie. There is a chapter beyond the failure of Abimelech and the failure uh, of him reasoning and, you, and being afraid and compromised. There, there's a chapter beyond that in Abram's life. I, I love the fact that through the good times and the bad times, Abram just held on to his dream. He was always in God's face and You promised me. What about my dream? And God then put it in, in a language he could understand, and I don't have time to go there. If you ever been through a Bible study with me, like a home Bible study, we spend some time on this. He, he began to speak to him in a language he could understand, blood covenant, the blood covenant language. He cut an oath. He cut, he cut a, a covenant and swore an oath uh, with, with Abraham. And, and was was saying to him, I swear to you Abraham. I, I, he had already given his word which was enough but he cuts a, a covenant with Abraham and he says, I swear to you I, I, I will destroy myself if my word does not come to pass in your life. It's really that stout and that strong. There was no greater power, higher power for him to swear by so God swore by himself I swear. I will bring this to pass. You will have a kid. Nations will come out of you. And you would think Abraham would be like, oh, that's phenomenal. Now I can rest. Now I know it's going to happen. But what's he do? Immediately he compromises once again. And he makes a deal. Sarah and him conspire. And he marries Hagar, the Egyptian. And and it was a a convenient man-made way to force the promises of God to come to pass. She has a kid. His name's Ishmael. Fourteen years later. Everybody say 14 years. It became obvious this was all a huge mistake. This was not God's plan. Abram ended up having to send her away. It was just, he had wasted so much time. He had failed. He had lost so much. But again, his failures did not identify him. Don't write me off. Somebody say that. Don't write me off. off. Devil, don't you write me off. Finally, in desperation, there was no way that him and Sarah could have a kid. He cries out one more time. God changes his name. It's profound. Changes Sarah's name. And, And there's so much in there, we don't have time to get into it, but What he could not do in his own strength. Now, it was absolutely impossible. He's 99 pushing 100. She's 90. It was impossible for them to have a child. But it was at that point where God did the impossible. And she became pregnant and gave birth To Isaac, 25 years into his walk with God, he had the son that God had promised him. The reason God didn't write Abram off 25 years earlier, or even 15 years earlier, or 5 years earlier, is because God knew. He's moving in the right direction. He's going to grow up. He's going to learn some lessons, sometimes the hard way. But he will become the man that I've called him to be. It may take some time. I'm going to have to work around his mistakes. But God knew this 25 years before Isaac was ever born. In our reading, he said 25 years before Isaac was ever born. I will make your name great. At the time God said that, his name was Abram. But that's not the name God would make great. The name God would make great was the new name God gave him in the 24th year. Abraham. Abraham. That was the name that would be made great. I'm telling you, there are people in this house, you have no idea the greatness that God has planted inside of you And the blessing and the destiny that God's put on your life. God has spoken and declared things over you. And and there are changes that are going to come about in your life. He'll change the very way that you even see yourself. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for those That love him. I'm telling you, some of you, you partially obeyed, you've halfway obeyed, you haven't gone the distance. But I'm telling you, if you lean in the right direction, God is gonna do amazing things in your life. (laughs) Lift your hands to him and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God's not condemning you, throwing stones at you for the mistakes you've made, for the failures you've made, for the things you haven't obeyed. He's celebrating, saying, they're moving in the right direction. I'll work with them however long it takes. Whatever mountains I've got to move, I'll move them. They're going in the right direction. Don't write me off. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. Hallelujah. I love it. I love it. Greg, we were talking, Greg, you know, 20 years 20 years took a hiatus from the Lord. Don't want anything to do with you. And yet, he didn't realize God had not written him off. How many of you realize that about yourself? God hadn't written you off. He ain't written me off. Where would any of us be? Would you stand with me right now? I met a guy in Baltimore, Maryland years ago. I preached about him Sunday, James. James had had a sordid past. And uh, I could tell you a lot of things about James. After I had, um, when I met him, he, he was, uh, well, his parole officer gave me the, the full story Uh I I didn't realize the extent of his situation, but I found out. He was a white supremacist. Here I am in Baltimore. We're trying to plant a church. You know, he asked me if I believed in space aliens. I told you all that Sunday. Same guy. Has so many issues. I, I, I had an issue with him he had a diabetic episode, he had a gun, he was a felon, he couldn't have a gun, he was threatening to kill his mother, kill me, kill himself, and uh, if I called the cops, he probably would have killed everybody in the room, uh, because he was desperate and really kind of out of his mind because of the diabetic issue, and um, I prayed and asked God for wisdom, he survived, we all survived that, and I told him, get rid of that gun, James, and Stop it already, right? And uh, he went to uh, Johns Hopkins. Had some uh, diabetic issues. But I'll never forget how God touched that man's life, softened his heart. I'm glad I didn't write him off because my Jesus had not written him off. But I knew something about that personally because when I should have been written off, Jesus didn't write me off. So when James was acting a fool, I just said, Lord Jesus, he's acting a fool. He doesn't understand how stupid this is. But God, please, somehow in your mercy, I pray that your holy angels would come down and just help in this situation. Your Holy Spirit would help in this situation. Let him know you're not writing them off. And I showed them the love of God and through the grace of God because they had been shown to me. And, 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 and James James, I saw God do amazing things in his life. The last time I talked to James, tears were running down his eyes and he was saying, thank you, Donovan. Basically, he was saying, thank you, Donovan for not writing me off because God's touched my life, turned it around, did an amazing work in my life. And now I believe he's up in heaven rejoicing with the angels right now around the throne because he passed away. Don't ever write anybody off. People Thought God could never reach down to, to a 20 something year old fella in Nashville, Tennessee, who had lost his ever loving mind. People were trying not to write me off, but I made it so hard. But God, in His love and mercy and kindness, reached down in my mess and said, I've not written you off, son. You got stuff inside. I'm going to unlock it, I'm going to get to you. And with all hell kicking and screaming against what God was doing in my life, the Lord got a hold of me and arrested me and turned me around and set me on a totally different path. Never write anybody off. Don't write me off. Because I got a Jesus. Amen. Would you just lift your hands to him right now. Father, I thank you so much on this Wednesday night. February 2019. Really, you've come and sent me to kind of tell all of our story. We have this story in common. I should have been written off. But you've been so good. You've been so kind. You've been so merciful. You've been so great. You are powerful. And you're merciful to boot. You have the power to make the change, and you have the mercy to endure my mistakes. Thank you for that, God. What a winning combination. I thank you for it. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.